0: Welcome to On the Road to No Place Left. This is Feeney, and I'm driving, as we learn to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard. We're in a series of short episodes to highlight mindset shifts that need to happen in our hearts and lives as we pursue movement. For an intro of the mindsets, and Cindy who's sharing them, check out the first episode in this series. Let's jump in. we got we got this far the last mindset shift at least to this point you referenced that you're you're going to throw a few extra ones in the book you're writing on these but we want to just get to the last one that we're going to cover and that is god loves all cultures which kind of seems like a duh like right god loves all cultures of course he does but tell tell us why why this is a mindset shift what are we shifting away from
1: well, yeah, it's, it's true. It's a da, and yet in the practical sense, we often very much violate it in the way we behave in our actions. Mm. Um, so the, the old mindset is that there's one Christian way to express worship and be the church, and that it looks basically the same across all cultures. Um, and the new mindset that we need to shift to is that God is greatly glorified through authentic indigenous expressions of worship and of his body. And, um, yeah, just to, to say that, you know, this isn't a given, though we would think it is. You know, <laughs> uh, So, yeah, we would all say God loves all cultures. Um, we tend to package the gospel in our own cultural expression rather than making space for it to be packaged in different ways for different people and to allow them the freedom to express it in their own um, indigenous way. Um, And it's such a key change that leads to greater multiplication. I mean, we've just seen over and over when we use indigenous worship, um, cultural songs that are from the people when we use stories that are relevant to their context, when we tell them in their indigenous expression, their own ways that we see much greater reproducibility, greater relevancy, you know, that makes sense to them. Um, so let me just give a couple examples for some of our American listeners who maybe aren't quite tracking with what I'm trying to say here. But one example from a Hindu context is when we, Would meet with um, those that we were discipling, say in Nepal or India, is we would sing bhajans instead of singing translated hill song um, or Bethel worship, you know? And um, some of those songs were translated in the local language, but they felt very foreign to the people there. And so Mm -hmm. we would use Hindu devotional styles. A kind of a sing song chanting style worship song with them, you know. Um, And, you know, uh, we would sing one part and they would repeat that part back. And we would sing in a very traditional kind of way to worship God. We had so many people who loved those (laughs) and would come flocking into the, you know, that slum house or wherever we were. You know, to hear who's singing a bunch of, and can we be part of it? And we want to sing back. And they were singing praise to Jesus before they'd ever even heard who he was yeah. because it was just so natural and so much a part of um, what felt comfortable and easy for them to absorb and understand um, when we use cultural expressions of worship. Um, and yeah, it's just so common for us um, when we're working with people from other cultures to just think that we can sort of transplant them into our Western styles of worship, or that that's the Christian way, you know, mm-hmm. to do things.
0: I was working with a church once, and uh, they had a great, I would say, entry program as a ESL, just connecting with all sorts of lost people from actually UPGs. Um, but their end vision was actually just that that people from those cultures would end up showing up to the Sunday morning service was kind of like practically, once I dug in, dug into it a little bit. And what I'm hearing you say is that's probably not God's end vision, right? Like he doesn't want all the peoples in an American Sunday morning worship service. What would what would you say to that? Or how would you help me kind of like unpack what what's the mindset to go from like people joining our expression of culture to like, well, we want to help them be disciples and worship Jesus in their expression of culture.
1: I think the first thing to do is to really start to ask yourself the question, is this culture or mm-hmm. is this Christian? And, you know, there's so many things that we call Christian that are cultural. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And we don't even ask the question. We just assume, you know, that that's the cultural way, you know, that that's the Christian way of doing things because it's the way we've always done them. And we're from a so-called Christian country or Christian culture. So I think asking that kind of a question. Yeah. Another good example that I could give would be how you treat scripture. Our American cultural way of handling scripture you know, it's very casual. Pick my Bible, and, you know, I've got paper clips in it here because I was going to, you know, make sure I could flip that when I was reading a scripture. You know, someone from a Muslim culture would never, ever treat scripture that way. For them, this is a holy book, and, you know, they would never treat the Quran, their scripture, in that kind of way. They would never lay it on the floor. They would always put it up on a, a stand. You no, know, there'd be a wooden stand that it sat on.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: if you were going to have a discovery Bible study with a group of Muslims, why not buy a little, a little stand that you keep your Bible on? You show respect for it in that same sort of cultural way. Is that a Muslim thing to do? No, it's, it's it's a cultural thing to do for people from Muslim backgrounds, you know. Is it wrong? Is it the right way to handle a scripture that we underline all kinds of things in our Bible? <laughs> you know, someone from mm-hmm. that culture would think that's very dishonoring to scripture. So, again, just like asking yourself those kinds of questions. Who are the people that I'm trying to reach and what do they need in order to make the gospel Feel like it's theirs, not that it's something foreign for them. But yeah, I I do think it's true that incorporating people from a Muslim background into a mostly Caucasian Western church culture is pretty tough. You know, that instead maybe we want to start something that's for them and unique to them and um, make space for them to worship in their own kinds of way with their own music and their own styles. While also inviting the diversity you know if if you can get your your western caucasians to welcome you know singing a bunch and once in a while and, um so that they get the experience that there actually are other kinds of ways of worshiping
0: yeah i mean it just reminds me of revelation 7 9 or 5 9 where it just describes people from all tribes tongues families um worshiping god so we obviously have no idea what that sounds like but even as you're talking practically it might sound like a mess (laughs) and so you could it was i'm sure we'll maybe hopefully be able to tune into the individual um ones in the midst of that but it's going to be a cacophony at the very least so
1: and and if there happen to be any africans who are listening um just to say that, you know, one of the things that is so beautiful in African culture is, is dancing and drums, mm-hmm. you know, and um, often there's no, there's no piano, there's no guitar, there's no, you know. And I was recently on a trip to Nigeria and I went to a Nigerian church and I was so sad to see them adopting all this Western music from the front rather than using their own indigenous, beautiful, beautiful African expression of worship. Mm. Um, I was born in Africa, and it just brings tears to my eyes, you know, to hear the beauty of African, you know, a cappella worship, you know, that's just the drum and voices, and it's gorgeous. But um, somehow, we have, conv- you know, we've, we've somehow convinced or somehow communicated That that's what Christian is. Yeah. You know, and we we are losing something that's beautiful to God and very effective in multiplying the gospel. There's nothing like something that touches your heart culturally to Mm -hmm. open your heart to Jesus.
0: So Amen. If you want to hear all 12 of Cindy's mindset shifts, be sure to subscribe to the On the Road Podcast. You can do that through whatever podcast app you're listening to or head to ontheroad.link to get new episodes delivered to your email inbox. You can also check the show notes at that same URL for links to Cindy's blog and training courses. This is Feeney. Thanks for listening. The On The Road podcast is to encourage you to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders in churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard.